Hey guys, I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And this is going to be unsettling. Deeply. Are you so excited to be back in the the great state of you? You don't look like it. You're riding the struggle bus today. <laughs> I'm excited to be back. Yeah, she's excited. Sorry, we took such a long break. It was not planned, but is it ever? Yeah, I got sick, and then you went away. But we did put up an old episode in between. Yeah, so it wasn't like total radio silence. You know. <laughs> I love when podcasts do that. They're like, here's an old episode. Like, you guys will never guess that you've already listened to this. <laughs> Did we fool you? Are we fooling you? <laughs> Got him. Gotcha. So anyway, as I rename our tracks here, there we go. And the loud car passes again. What do you got? Just the same car passing back and forth. It's probably circling around. Yeah. Ooh, you know what I realized today? What? This year, my husband will be 35 years old. Wow. 35. Mm -hmm. Be old as hell. That's still, that's not that bad. I mean, it's old for like (laughs) me. Like, (laughs) wow. (laughs) That means you will soon too. Sorry if it sounded like I just threw up just a fucking spit take on my wine <laughs> from that. Wow. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Sorry. Sorry. I'm just hungover and sweating. She's also. hungover sweating. I just spent four hours at a P.F. Chang's, but that was willingly and it was a great time. Hey, yeah. Kate, if you're listening. I was like, why'd you spend four hours? Did you get stuck? Did you- no, no. I've just seen someone I haven't seen in 10 years, and it was like the most entertaining four hours of conversation. I think P.F. Chang's was pissed because, like, we weren't even drinking, so we were just sitting at a table. They were like, we're really trying to flip this table. Yeah, like, we were, but also no one goes to P.F. Chang's on a Monday. So the late when we walked in, the lady's like, do you guys got reservations? I'm like, ma'am, this is freehold. <laughs> a P.F. Chang's. Like, what? No, we don't. It's a Monday. Afternoon. One, yeah, at one thirty. Like you're no. She's like, okay. And then she sat us anyway. <laughs> like, what? I don't understand. We're here. <laughs> we're we're still here. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, so I guess I'll tell you about my case now. Hell yeah. So do you remember the twenty first of <laughs> September? You can't do that and expect me not to finish it. Chip. <laughs> so remember when your parents would tell you to be careful what you share online? Yeah. Except mine didn't really. Oh, my God. We were real late to when we got that talk. By that point, we already had multiple boyfriends in other states yeah. on the internet. Yeah. That all thought we were, like, 25 years old and hot as hell. Like, we lived in California. We were it girls. It girls. It, and we were 12 and horrendous like yeah i don't know if i did that but <laughs> you played hobo <laughs> i played hobo that's Which, worse yeah hobo we were what love doctor 16 16- yeah. 
Habo's terrible place for like sexual predators. And really. our, our username on Habo was <laughs> Love Doctor sixty nine. Yeah, we didn't know what that meant. Yeah, so we re- were really attracting the right crowd. I wouldn't say no, no. But sorry. So, but usually that said right to protect you from predators out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but what if something you posted implicated yourself by mistake? Ooh. Right? So, a social media post would lead police right to the person responsible for a senseless and totally random murder of a young, innocent girl with her whole life ahead of her. Oh. This week, I'm bringing you the case of Brittany Gargle, also known as the Facebook murder. Oh. Yes. Have you heard of this? I maybe? think so. Yeah, but probably. I there was, was a MySpace one, too. Oh, maybe I heard the MySpace one. Then. I think that one, um, yeah. You know, because I was a, more of a MySpace kid. It sat, it sat, it sat well. Mm-hmm. It, it was relatable. It resonated. Nice. Yeah. So this is the Facebook murder, and it's really, really sad. And it's just senseless, like I said. Just, you'll hear about it now. So, <laughs> so Brittany Gargle was born and raised in Canada. Okay. Primarily in Saskatoon. I like saying Saskatoon. Saskatoon. And she was a normal 18-year-old girl. She attended both, I, I have a hard time saying these, Nutana Collegiate Institute and Bedford Road Collegiate, which are both actually high schools. Yeah, so. you know, in like... Canada, they just say like grade eight, and then it goes straight to university. Like, oh, it, it's weird. I don't understand it. Well, this is this. Yeah, I was, was a collegiate, so I thought she was already in college, but she wasn't yet actually. Um, yeah, so they were both high schools, and she had plans to go to college though to earn a degree in business management. Okay, and she was also working two jobs: one as a cashier, and the other one was in a pizza parlor. Ooh. So. From what I gathered, it seemed like she was really hardworking, well-rounded. So she has two jobs. She's going to school. Um, it's it's a lot, you know? But mm-hmm. I guess she handled it well. And she also loved the outdoors and could be found snowboarding, camping, or boating. And she also loved uh, fashion shopping. She had a lot of friends, good family, good good kid. Side note, did you ever snowboard? No. No? Never Just me and your it. sister did? Yeah. I, well, I mean, I don't there. think you can call what we did snowboarding, but we went there with the intent to snowboard. <laughs> she just got attacked by the snow fence every time. Moves were made, but... We yeah. <laughs> no, not, like, on purpose. Yeah. Oh, no, I never got to go. So... <laughs> we left you home. Yeah, thanks. So, 2015 was quite the time for the internet, as we all know, and... Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about MySpace. MySpace had been mostly phased out by then, mm-hmm. really. And Facebook was rising to be the most popular social media platform. Okay. So Brittany and her best friend, Cheyenne Rose Antoine, lived loved to post their photos together online to showcase their friendship, just like so many other young people were doing at the time and still are doing every single day. So Cheyenne's upbringing was not as idyllic as Britney's seemed to be. I said seemed to be because I didn't have a lot of information about it. Um, but everything said her upbringing was was good and pleasant. So, but her best friend Cheyenne's was was not. Her parents had attended Canada's residential schools, which were known for their abusive practices to students. Oh, yeah. And the schools were made to take indigenous peoples and convert them to Christianity. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. 
So these residential schools were what we would call boarding schools really here. Oh, okay. And they were apparently so many stories of abuse that some estimates say up to 30,000 deaths occurred in at the schools. You know what's crazy is normally I'd be like, no way, but my case is all about like stuff like that. So yeah. I, that is reasonable, which is unheard of. As Yeah, so we don't, you'll never know the exact number either, right? Because they're covering everything up. Like it's just, okay. so you never really get to know the actual number of how many people might have died in those schools. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they're going to be like, they died from the flu or mm-hmm. so, something different. Diphtheria. Yeah. Like, like the so, Oregon Trail. Yeah, what was it always? It was always diphtheria. You either died of diphtheria or um, tuberculosis? Yes. What was the two in Oregon Trail? I think I know one was diphtheria. Yes, it was. Um, like consumption. I feel like <laughs> it's like an old... Like, what does it mean? Um, what were you consumed by? I don't know. So I feel like we have to take a closer look into those schools now. Sure. That I read a little a little bit about it. Um, maybe one day do an episode on that. Because that was a whole other wormhole I went down, you know? Mm-hmm. So by 1998, there was so much backlash for these schools that the system was shut down. Oh. In Canada. Okay. Apparently. And I'm telling you this about Cheyenne's parents to give some background so you might be able to fill in the gaps of what her childhood looked like. Mm-hmm. And so what was probably an attempt to cope with the trauma from such schools, both of Cheyenne's parents fell into drug addiction. Mm. And because of her parents' substance abuse, Cheyenne was tossed around the foster system where she was allegedly abused sexually, neglected, um, not a good situation for her. Mm -mm. And Cheyenne apparently tried to have a relationship with her mother, but her mother cared more about drugs and being close with her daughter. Mm. And she passed away when she was just 15. Oh, and that is when Cheyenne herself started using drugs and alcohol. Oh. So Brittany helped bring some normalcy to Cheyenne's life when they when they met. But the two did like to party just as any teenagers would. Mm-hmm. So on March 25th, 2015, the girls headed out on the town for a night of drinking and fun. And they had gone to the pubs together. And then they went to a house party, went back out to the pub again, um, as Cheyenne would later recall to police. Okay. And the two girls got separated at some point, and Cheyenne went and visited her uncle in a senior care facility right after this whole night. Interesting. Yeah. And Cheyenne posted on Brittany's Facebook the next day asking if she was okay and that she hadn't heard from her all day. Hmm. So police soon received a 911 call from a woman who found the body of a young woman lying on her back on the side of a road in Saskatoon. Hmm. It's like a rural area, too. And when police and paramedics arrived to the scene, they confirmed the woman was indeed deceased, and they immediately found signs of strangulation. Mm. It was clear she was, um, this wasn't, that was a homicide. She didn't do this to herself. Okay. And the young woman had tattoos that would lead her to being identified quickly, and police suspected anyway, and it was correct. The young woman was Brittany Gargle. And there was something else at the scene with her that would be the key to finding her killer, which was a belt laying next to her body. So police suspected that that could be the murder weapon Okay, right away. So Cheyenne contacted the police shortly after they gave their description of the body to the public. Okay. And she told the police third night together, told the same story of going to a pub, then a house party, then back to the pub. 
um, to the end of the evening. And the first bar Cheyenne said they went to was the Manchester Brew Pub. And then they ended their night at the Colonial Pub and Grill. Okay. So Cheyenne had claimed that on their night out, Brittany had asked an unidentified man for a lighter and invited him to drinks inside inside the bar. And that was the last time that she had seen Brittany. Okay. So she seemed genuinely concerned and emotional about the whole situation. But police wanted to get a better look into her story and verify that all this did happen the way she said. Okay. As was obviously their due diligence. So the first and easiest way to validate Cheyenne's account of the evening would be to start at the Colonial Pub and Grill, who had readily available CCTV footage of the night. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're a bar. You know, they have a camera. So surprisingly, the girls were not spotted in the bar all night. And the next place police would check would be the senior care facility Cheyenne said she went to visit her uncle at, who also had cameras. And no signs of Cheyenne at the facility either. So police were now really suspicious of Cheyenne, and she was becoming a subject in the investigation. A, sus- a suspect. Why I said subject. Um, Cheyenne had told police Brittany had asked the man for the lighter outside, right? Mm-hmm. And invited him to hang out, get drinks. And that was the last time that Cheyenne said she had seen her again. And no such man had existed, and the girls were never at any of the establishments Cheyenne had claimed they went. That's not a good start. No. So the next person police would talk to would be Cheyenne's uncle, who had initially lied to the police for Cheyenne. And at first it was hard to get him to open up, but soon he cracked. And so at first it was hard to get him to open up, but soon he cracked when he knew he was cornered. And okay. yeah, so they were like, we did have footage. You're, this is not what happened. So then he gave police a totally different account of the night. The girls went missing, as Cheyenne had told to him. So Cheyenne's uncle told the police the girls had been staying at a motel with two men when a fight broke out over drugs. And Cheyenne told her uncle she came back from the bathroom to find her best friend, Brittany, lifeless on the floor. Oh. She said the men had forced her to help cover up whatever apparent crime had happened. And they were able to make Cheyenne do this by holding her at gunpoint. So police wanted to ask Cheyenne about this wild tale her uncle had told them. Is it's not anything like what Cheyenne told yeah. the police? Yeah, the, the, the motel it's, and it's the, a, the fight. It's a very different night. Um, but she was uncooperative with police, police initially regarding this new account of the evening. Okay. So there was no evidence to implicate Cheyenne at the time, so she wasn't charged with anything. So, but police are obviously like, okay, we're we, going to keep an eye. We're going to keep an eye on that. And we're we're gonna we're gonna keep we're gonna keep some tabs on you. So six months later, Cheyenne posted a photo showing her and Brittany together on the evening that Brittany went missing. To Facebook, she posted it. Okay. The caption stated how much she missed Brittany and loved her. Oh. Yeah. And this is about the time Brittany's parents went to police with yet again another story that would contradict Cheyenne's original telling of their evening. So, a witness had told Brittany's parents that Cheyenne went to their house hysterically crying on the night Brittany went missing, or the early morning. So, Cheyenne had confessed to the witness how her and Brittany had gotten into an argument, which ended violently. Mm. Cheyenne said she had hit her friend and choked her, and when Brittany was unresponsive, she panicked. And the witness said she looked into Cheyenne's car and saw a figure in the passenger seat slumped over and looked like they were badly beaten. And 
they were initially too afraid to contact authorities, but when the murder became public, she decided to do the right thing and contact Brittany's parents. And why? didn't call the police either. Why? Why the, like, what? <sighs> Sorry. It's just so frustrating. Right? Like, why? Why? Who were? Yeah. Why? It's not like, I mean, this is like, Brittany, at the time, how old? I think she was like 20 or something. Like, you're going to be afraid of like a 20 year old. Yeah. Like, what I mean, are you afraid she, of? She just told you she killed somebody, but still, like. But still, what are you afraid? You're going to call the police, they're going to pick her up, and then she's not a problem anymore. Yeah. It just didn't. It was ridiculous. So, thank God, though, she told Brittany's parents eventually, right? Mm hmm. So, the autopsy confirmed Brittany's cause of death was strangulation. And police had taken just about two years confirming and dismissing information about the case. Oh. Because there was so much misinformation flying around. Okay. And the belt found next to Brittany's body was also tested for for DNA. And police realized something about the belt. It looked familiar. And they realized the belt looked an awful awful lot like the belt Cheyenne was wearing in the photo she had posted to Facebook about how much she loved her friend and missed her. And that's because it was the same belt. And it didn't take long for the DNA results to come back. And not surprisingly, Cheyenne and Brittany's DNA was found on the belt, which was now confirmed as the murder weapon. (sighs) The issue was the police couldn't confirm nor deny that Brittany had worn the belt in the past, which is why her DNA DNA was on it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not like there was, it's not like there was blood on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, theoretically, she could have worn it any time during their friendship. Yeah. But by 2017, police had gathered enough evidence to arrest Cheyenne. And she held her ground and and gave police nothing for weeks. And police tried multiple tactics to break her, but she was really holding out strong. Mm -hmm. But after weeks of intense interrogation, even the most stoic of offenders can be cracked. And while she did confess and take responsibility, Cheyenne claimed to remember nothing about murdering her best friend. Wow. Yeah. Cheyenne's revised version of how the evening went started with the girls partying, getting high, that she drank so much she only really remembered the house party and barely that. And she knew the girls had gone to McDonald's and gotten in another argument, which led to Brittany taking Cheyenne's phone. So that made Cheyenne really pissed off. Okay. And she told police... um, she believes she may have snapped and killed her in the heat of the moment, but couldn't be too sure. She didn't remember how she did it. Interesting. And I'm sure it's bullshit, yeah. um, personally. But you can draw your own conclusions. And during the trial, Cheyenne's lawyers argued that intoxication and shock was responsible for the lapses in Cheyenne's memory. Hmm. And the charge was originally second-degree murder, but Cheyenne pleaded to guilty to manslaughter, which was a less serious charge. Oh, So she again took the responsibility for Brittany's death, but kept her story that she didn't remember the details. And the prosecution also had a hard time nailing her on the murder charge because motive was an issue. Even through all of Cheyenne's bullshit, it really did seem to everyone like it was a crime of passion and that she didn't plan on it. It wasn't premeditated. So Cheyenne was ultimately charged and sentenced to just seven years in prison. No! And the judge also mandated she get treatment for her mental health issues while in prison. Seven years because she killed a girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Canada. So I got this information. Um, I had a, I watched um, somebody on YouTube, Rachel Shannon, True Crime. And it was on medium.com. 
Everpedia and The Guardian as well. Yeah, what do you what do you what do you think about I, that? I'm annoyed at the people that saw a slumped figure in the car of someone who just said that they murdered someone and they were like, you know what? I'm a little too spooked to call anybody right now. Yeah. I'm also wildly annoyed that they were just like, yeah, you know, she didn't she didn't mean to do it. Yeah. Uh, okay. You still did it. You, yeah. Did. You don't mean to run somebody over with your car, but you still get in trouble with it if you do. There needs to... Uh, yes, exactly. So... Seven years seem pretty light. And also, like, they're 18, right? They're 17, 18 at the time? Yeah, I think Brittany was actually a little older at the time. So... What in the world is, are they so passionate? No, I think, I'm sorry, I think Cheyenne was a little older at the time. Brittany was 18, yes. Okay, so what are they so passionate about that she could become so heated from taking a phone? Like, yeah, you're 19. Like, what? Somebody with the capacity to do it again. Yeah, so oh, think, let's right? put her away until she's 26 and yeah. see if she does it again. And see if she does any better this go around. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Not so ideal. She's getting out a couple years. Great. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Didn't like that. Liked it, but didn't like it. Yeah, it was just like, what? There's no no reason. Especially because, like, Canada is supposed to be so friendly. And it's so, I know. And it's so Saskatoon. sad. Saskatoon. Saskatoon. It's so sad. You know, she was 18. Like, she was, was a baby. having a good night with her. Like, it just made no sense to me. No. She was beaten also. That's why I'm like, not only was she strangled, like, she was beaten too. Like, also, so what the hell? Like, it must have been that long. Oh, thing. Yeah, like a, a it long... It takes a long time to strangle somebody, too. It, also, like, you'd punch her in the face and then be like, oh, me, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. How long is this, like, blackout that you're just gone? Yeah. And most people would stop after, yeah. you know? They would realize. They'd be like, oh, shit. I, I shouldn't, shouldn't have done that. Punch my friend in the face. Or yeah, do what over a cell phone and chicky nuggies. Like, yeah. this is not how this works. No. So, <sighs> ridiculous. Yeah, I didn't like that. Very sad. And that's it. All right. Well, happy new year. Happy new year. Do you have any resolutions? Um, be less nosy. Be less nosy. Okay. Yeah. Mine is to not sit at my desk all day at work. So I have to like a treadmill desk. I I mean, I'm about to ask for one, but also maybe just like move a little bit during the day. I don't know. A treadmill desk would be sick. You know, I tried the standing desk, and I'm either, like, not coordinated enough or just, like, too tall that it just didn't work. Mm. It made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah? Yeah, I didn't like it. Well, maybe you need the maybe you need to have a little treadmill in the mix. Maybe. You know? Maybe I need <laughs> to go. Make you feel more coordinated while you're also walking. Go for a little. And working. A little steppy-do. Yeah. I can walk and work. Walk and work. Why don't you get the the foot pedals for your Oh, yeah, like the little fake mirror. Yeah. From like the 80s. You can get like a bike. Hell yeah. Like a little bike that doesn't move. Under desk bike. Yeah. So happy new year. Happy new year. Glad to be back. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.